Visiting the sick goes into a category that's called Chesed Shel Emes. It's a kindness of truth. Chesed Shel Emet is used for two specific concepts. It's when you do a kindness altruistically without expecting anything in return, without expecting a thank you, without expecting appreciation, you're doing it from the pureness of your heart. Such as visiting the sick is one of those categories of chesed shal emes, the truest kind of kindness, because you're doing it altruistically without any return expectations. The other level is partaking in a funeral, partaking in helping bring someone to re the eternal rest. That too is called chesed shal emes, a kindness of truthness. So visiting the sick is categorized and rated at a most highest level. As a matter of fact, in the Talmud, in the tractate of Peya, we actually recite it every day in our morning prayers. And we talk about the things that when we do them, we receive rewards in this world. And some, we receive world reward in the worlds to come. And there are those practices that when we do them, we not only receive world reward in this world, but we also receive reward in the world to come. And one of those is Bikur Cholim, visiting the sick. It is really categorized, rated one of the highest good deeds a person can do for a fellow person. When someone is ill, to make an effort, an all-out effort, to visit them in person. In the tractate of Nidarim, in the Talmud, it talks about that when you visit a sick person, you are actually taking away a sixtieth of their illness. So by visiting a sick person, you're not just visiting them, helping them emotionally, spiritually, but you're also taking away a part of their sickness. Imagine what kind of gift that is. And it also reflects upon that the effects, the ripple effect during this kindness is not just for you, but it affects your whole family. By doing this kindness of visiting the sick, you are not just doing a kindness with the receiver, with the sick person, but you're creating an aura of blessing for your whole family. The very first time we learn about visiting the sick is when Abraham was 99 years old and he did his own circumcision. At that point, three angels came to visit him. The angel of Michael, Michael, came to give him the good news that he, they're going to become pregnant. Even late in life, that Abraham and Sarah will be blessed with a child.
And then came the angel, Raphael, which is the angel who brought the cure to help Abraham cure from the circumcision. And then came the angel Gabriel, Gavriel, which went on to tell Abraham that they will eradicate the world from evil, like the city of Sodom and Gomorrah. These three angels came to visit, were sent by God to visit. As a matter of fact, God himself came to visit Abraham as well. So we see the concept of visiting the sick goes back from the very foundations, the beginnings of our religion, of Judaism. And thus, this tradition has continued on itself from generation to generation to generation. When a person becomes sick, when they are hospitalized or they're homebound, the bed confined. It is rather a very precarious time for the patient to go through. It is then that they are most vulnerable and it is then that they are most need of moral and spiritual support. Sometimes even material support. Sometimes they're are counting on others to bring them food and sustenance or to help them with their healing. What greater deed can one human being do for the next is to be able to support them and help them during such a crisis of an illness. One of the fundamental verses of the whole Bible is love your fellow as yourself. Which means, not just to love them as yourself, but to love them as an extension of yourself. And if you could only imagine, if God forbid, you were stricken with an illness, and you were bedridden, and you are, were homebound in the hospital all alone, how much you would welcome a visitor. How much you would welcome some assistance, food, and whatnot during this period. This is why Biker Cholim, visiting the sick, is one of the greatest mitzvahs. It's actually one of the easiest ones to do. Because most of the times you really don't have to do much. You just have to show up and be there. Over the 40 years that I have been a rabbi, I have visited thousands of patients. And I would regularly go to the hospital and inquire if there are any patients who are seeking a visit from a rabbi or from clergy for any religion. At times I would look at the roster of the patients and I would look at some Jewish-sounding names, and I would go and visit them. I cannot describe the emotional excitement and the moral support 
when the patient looks up at you and sees a friendly face with you. I want to share with you a story that happened in 1996. This was the year that we broke ground to build a 25,000 square foot community center at Chabad of Poway. This was a work of 10 years in the making. We finally broke ground and the property was a triangle property which consisted of a whole block on both sides of the triangle. It was a very unique parcel of land and it took a tremendous amount of ingenuity of our amazing architect, Mr. Ed Laser, may he rest in peace, who was able to utilize this triangle property and build a 25,000 beautiful, magnificent structure. So being that we were this only structure on this street, on this part of the street, I had this desire to rename this street. The street name was called Old Espola Road. And I had this itch in me. Why not rename the street to Chabad Way? To commemorate our center, our accomplishment. That this center would be a center, a lighthouse that's going to light up the whole neighborhood, that will be, will be providing a full array of services for young and older, a temple, a synagogue, a preschool, a senior center, a kitchen, a mikvah, a library. We had so much planned for this beautiful building. And once you name a street for the name of your organization, it's a sign of permanence. There will be there in perpetuity. However, I reached out to the city and there was quite a ordeal, a formality to go through a changing of an existing street name. Something which requires a lot of work, a lot of um, applications, registrations, and we're talking about changing the mapping of the city, changing the name. It was a huge monumental project. So I began the process but really didn't um, succeed just yet because of the tremendous amount of work that was involved in trying to make it. So my hopes of this happening was just kind of a pipe dream. There was a young Jewish and senior engineer working at the city offices who helped us throughout all our permitting process, who really helped guide us through getting our conditional use permit, etc. One day he calls me up and says, Rabbi, the city manager, Mr. Jim Bowersax, is going in for surgery, throat surgery. He developed a cancer in his throat. Please say a prayer for him. Mr. Jim Bowersacks was not Jewish, but he was a very close friend with the Jewish community. 
I have met with him many of times throughout the permitting process and he was exceedingly generous with walking us through and helping us all along the way being able to expedite getting our conditional use permit to make this campus happen. And I inquired to where the surgery is and what hospital, what day, what hour. I got all the details. Without delay, I drove the 40 minutes down to the hospital. Because I was a clergy and a chaplain, I was able to get access. I waited in the recovery room until he came out of surgery. When Mr. Bowersox came out of surgery, I was standing at his bedside. He opened up his eyes and I was the first person he saw. And he held my hand and squeezed it and nodded a nod of gratitude and thank you. At the time he was unable to speak because of his surgery on his throat. After his recovery, he reaches out to me and he says, Rabbi, I cannot thank you enough for being there in the recovery room visiting me as I came out of surgery. But I got to be honest with you. When I woke up and I saw your face standing at my bedside, I thought I died and this is what heaven looks like. <laughs> After you squeezed my hand and you assured me that I am alive, I realized how grateful you are. I am to you. It wasn't my priest. It wasn't my family. It was you who was at my bedside. Rabbi, I cannot thank you enough. He says, Rabbi, what can I do to express my gratitude and thanks to you? I says, Jim, I just did it because that's me. That's what I do. He says, no, Rabbi, come on. There must be something I could do for you. He says, well, now that you're asking, I want to change the street name from Oldest Polo Road to Chabad Way. And that would be a, a dream of mine. So Mr. Barrowsack says, let me see what I could do. Two weeks later, 6.45 in the morning, I'm arriving to services. I see a city maintenance truck changing the sign from Oldest Polo Road to Chabad Way. I ran home, grabbed my camera. Those were pre-cell phone days, pre-camera in our hands days. I grabbed my camera, a 35 millimeter camera, and I had someone take pictures as I'm standing by the Chabad Way sign. I was just so excited that we broke out a bottle of whiskey. We said a lachayim, and it was it was a huge accomplishment to be able to transform a city street into Chabad Way. The euphoria and excitement didn't last very long when the neighbors at the end of the street noticed the street name change and they came together in protest 
believing that they should have been included in this process. They should have had an opinion if the name should have been Chabad Way or not. So they brought it to the city council and the city council had no choice that they had to um, do a hearing, a public hearing. And once again, we'll have to present our case, why we want it. And the neighbors would have to present the case, why they are opposing it. And of course, there was coverage in the media about it, announcing the showdown at the hearing. Comes to the hearing and um, the president of our congregation prepared a wonderful, wonderful presentation, did the research on the this name of this of the street when it was originally named to old spoiler road and uh, had all the information necessary for to to uh, to support why naming it the chabad way should have no significance to anyone else the neighbors were claiming that it was a historical city a historical road and we shouldn't um, change the historical road name um, but our president was able to prove that it was just a couple decades, there isn't that much history to it. Espola is an acronym for three cities, Escadido, Poway, Lakeside. Um, this was just a driveway before. And then the city manager took the microphone and he apologized to the city council that he didn't do the due process, that he jumped, a, he jumped ahead and named it without going through the city council. And he explained that this was a personal gratitude to the rabbi for visiting the ill, for visiting him in the hospital, and he just felt emotionally compelled to give me this gift. So before the city council was about to vote, a gentleman who I've never met before stands up his name is mr bob doyle may he rest in peace as he passed away about a year after that a young man in his 40s late 40s he gets up and he says at the following to my dear fellow christians we are standing here today with an opportunity to help this young rabbi who came here from brooklyn to make a difference in our city who's building a beautiful community center, rising from the ashes of the Holocaust, rebuilding Judaism, rebuilding a beautiful center. Why should we stand in the way? We should be supporting him. We should be encouraging him along and just being there for him and the Jewish community. I beseech you fellow Christians and council members, let the name Chabad Way stand. This is a great show of the United States of America and helping to rebuild Judaism in the land of the free. This was such a passionate, beautiful, beautiful presentation from Mr. Bob Doyle. The city council quickly convened and they came up with a compromise. And the compromise was that the name Chabad Way stands, but under the Chabad Way sign, there'll be another sign with an arrow pointing to the neighbor's old Espolon Road, which for the three houses that are there on the other side of the triangle, their street name will remain the same. But Chabad Way will stand. 
It was a wonderful round of applause. And I went to meet Mr. Bob Doyle, introduced myself, and I thanked him. And he said to me that I am a fellow Baptist, but I'm a Chabad Chassid at heart. I studied the Torah of all the Chabad Rebbe's every day. When I saw in the newspaper that you were being challenged, I felt it was my duty to support you. Thus, I have felt and seen the direct result of visiting the sick. When I got up that morning to visit Mr. Jim Bowersox, who is not Jewish and not a member of my community, and I went and I spent several hours in the hospital to be there for him, to help him through this most difficult surgery and difficult time of his life, just to show him that we care for him. I had no idea what I set in motion was the ripple effect of goodness and kindness that till today stands. It was so wonderful when GPS just came out and GPS would recognize, make a left on Shabbat way. And I try to say it's Chabad way, Shabbat way. Till today, GPS recognizes Chabad way as a direct result of visiting the sick. Let me conclude the anecdote of a rabbi who came to visit a fellow member of his congregation and he's standing on the bedside and he's talking to the member who was intubated when the member asked for a pen and paper the rabbi takes out a pen and a piece of paper gives it to him and the fellow writes on the paper and he gives it to the rabbi and then the member started to code he started to turn colors and the machine started to beep the rabbi put the paper in his pocket and all the nurses came that the patient coded and passed away the rabbi notified the family and the funeral was arranged at the memorial service, the rabbi is talking about that I went to fulfill the mitzvah of visiting the ill, Biker Cholem. When I came to visit Mr. Jack, I had the opportunity to be the last person that he's able to communicate with. He was intubated, couldn't talk, but he asked me for pen and paper to write his final words, which I gave him. I haven't had a chance to read it yet. Puts his hand in his pocket and he takes out the paper and he reads as follows, Rabbi, please get off my breathing pipe. You're choking me. <laughs> yes, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> coming to visit the ill, Make sure not to step on the breathing pipe, but do make sure to be there. And you will have not only accomplished so much by visiting the sick, but you would receive so much more than you gave. May God bless you, and God loves you.